Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. The heavens are telling the glory of God. The firmament proclaims God's handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech. Night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are their words. Their voice is not heard yet. Their voice goes out through all the world, and their words to the ends of the earth. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God.
let us pray. O God, because without you we are not able to please you, mercifully grant that your Holy Spirit may in all things direct and rule our hearts. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. Beloved, we recognize daily, weekly, hourly, our capacity to our sense of being prone to misstep and mistake. Consequently, we begin each Lord's Day with a prayer of confession, of compunction, of lament, trusting as we do so pray in God's lasting, powerful pardon and peace. As the choir guides us, let us so pray. thy grace we would not be, but for thy grace we could not love, but for thy grace we should not speak, but in thy grace we live and love and speak. Beloved, hear good news. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the book of Exodus, chapter 14, verses 19 through 31. The angel of God, who was going before the Israelite army, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from in front of them and took its place behind them. It came between the army of Egypt and the army of Israel. And so the cloud was there with the darkness, and it lit up the night. One did not come near the other all night. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea. The Lord drove the sea back by a strong east wind all night and turned the sea into dry land, and the waters were divided. The Israelites went into the sea on dry ground, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went into the sea after them, all of Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and chariot drivers. At the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and cloud looked down upon the Egyptian army and threw the Egyptian army into panic. He clogged their chariot wheels so that they turned with difficulty. 
The Egyptians said, Let us flee from the Israelites, for the Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, so that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and chariot drivers. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at dawn the sea returned to its normal depth. As the Egyptians fled before it, the Lord tossed the Egyptians into the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and chariot drivers, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea. Not one of them remained. But the Israelites walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters forming a wall for them on their right and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did against the Egyptians. So the people feared the Lord and believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. A lesson from the Epistle to the Romans, chapter 14, verses 1 through 12. Welcome those who are weak in faith, but not for the purpose of quarreling over opinions. Some believe in eating anything, while the weak eat only vegetables. Those who eat must not despise those who abstain, and those who abstain must not pass judgment on those who eat, for God has welcomed them. Who are you to pass judgment on servants of another? It is before their own Lord that they stand or fall, and they will be upheld, for the Lord is able to make them stand. Some judge one day to be better than another, while others judge all days to be alike. Let all be fully convinced in their own minds. 
Those who observe the day, observe it in honor of the Lord. Also those who eat, eat in honor of the Lord, since they give thanks to the Lord. While those who abstain, abstain in honor of the Lord and give thanks to God. We do not live to ourselves, and we do not die to ourselves. If we live, we live to the Lord, and if we die, we die to the Lord. So then, whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. For to this and Christ, for to this end, Christ died and lived again, so that he might be Lord of both the dead and the living. Why do you pass judgment on your brother or sister? Or you, why do you despise your brother or sister? For we will all stand before the judgment seat of God. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall give praise to God. So then, each of us will be accountable to God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please join me in saying verses from Psalm 114 with the Antiphon. Jordan turned back. The mountains skipped like rain, the hills like rain. Why is it, O sea, that you flee? O Jordan, that you turn back. O mountains that you skipped like rain, O hills like rain. Tremble, O earth, at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob who turns the rock into a pool of water, the flint into the spring of water. Let us stand there as we are able for the singing of the Gloria Patri and the reading of the Gospel.
Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to St. Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 to 35. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Peter came and said to him, Lord, if another member of the church sins against me, how often should I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, not seven times, but I tell you, seventy-seven times. For this reason, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his slaves. When he began the reckoning, one who owed him a thousand talents was brought to him. And as he could not pay, his Lord ordered him to be sold together with his wife and children and all his possessions and payment to be made. So the slave fell on his knees before him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the Lord of that slave released him and forgave him the debt. But that same slave, as he went out, came upon one of his fellow slaves who owed him a hundred denarii, and seizing him by the throat, he said, Pay what you owe. Then his fellow slave fell down and pleaded with him, Have patience with me, and I will pay you. But he refused, and they went and threw him into prison until he would pay the debt. And when his fellow slaves saw what had happened, they were greatly distressed, and they went and reported to their Lord all that had taken place. Then his Lord summoned him and said to him, You wicked slave, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. Should you not have had mercy on your fellow slave as I had mercy on you? And in anger, his Lord handed him over to be tortured until he would pay his entire debt. So my heavenly Father will also do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother or sister from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. I have been one acquainted with the night. I have walked out in rain and back in rain. I have outwalked the furthest city light. I have looked down the saddest city lane. I have passed by the watchman at his post and dropped my eyes unwilling to explain. I have been one acquainted with the night, wrote the poet. From this assembly, this collection, this menagerie of texts, Exodus, Psalm, the Epistle to the Romans, and Matthew, we will select just one verse for those walking out, walking in the dark, walking at night, walking in the rain, a light, a flashlight, a candle, a guide. Romans 14.8 Let everyone be convinced in their own mind. 
Let everyone be convinced in his own mind. Let everyone be convinced in her own mind. Let everyone be convinced in their own mind. That is a step in faith, maybe not the first step, but a step along the sawdust trail of faith includes fairly quickly a connection with an embrace of conscience, of conscience. You owe it to yourself to be honest with yourself. You owe it to yourself to be able to stand in the mirror in that moment of conscience. Faith is the capacity to start again. Faith is the capacity to start over. Faith is the capacity to get up and move ahead. Faith is the strength to take the promise of Sunday morning and help it, let it help us be guided by grace and mercy all the week long. Faith is the power to withstand what you cannot understand. Faith is that capacity that the reason can never fully grasp and that the law can never fully measure to withstand what you can't understand. And the path of faith, fairly quickly, brings us up alongside conscience. Let your conscience, said your mother, be your guide, said your grandmother. Let your conscience be your guide. And the route to conscience carries us through several forms. They're all scriptural and they're all experiential, both. One of them is study itself. Now, you and I, we're all learners in a university, some older, some younger. We're all learning together. And study is what we engage in, students and teachers, all through the week. But it's also what places us here on Sunday morning. If you come to worship at Marsh Chapel for three years straight, you will hear the whole of Scripture more or less. That gives you one year to pick up what you might have missed. You will hear the Hebrew Scripture, you will hear the Psalm, hear the Epistle, and you will hear the Gospel. And not every verse in Leviticus, but you will have a sense of the study of Scripture all and all and all along the way. St. Matthew here, as he has done earlier, speaking of study, is taking what he read in Mark. Mark wrote in the year 70 A.D., Matthew in 85. And leaving aside all the detail, what through this year we hope we have conveyed is that new occasions teach new duties, time makes ancient good uncouth, one must upward still and onward, who would keep abreast of truth, meaning that what Mark wrote in 70 is amended, is edited, redacted, by Matthew and 85, including in our passage last week, in our passage this week, that Matthew's facing a different situation and has the freedom, by grace and spirit, to face it anew, as do we. It's not a matter of recitation, it's a matter of study and of guidance. And when that comes to fruition, you feel it. You know it. You know it, as Kant said, of what brings wonder and awe, the starry heavens above and the moral law within, that sense of, that abiding sense of conscience rooted in the study of Scripture and the study of all things near and far, scriptural and other. Every week, every month we uh, pause for a faculty meeting next door and the meeting begins each time with a devotion This last month, it was offered by a a veteran professor, dear friend of now many years, who stood and read from the scripture, the Gospel of John. And one word, Greek word, meno, meaning abide, remain, continue. And after she was finished and offered her prayer, It gave a stirring to the conscience, that is, it restored one's faith in devotions. It restored one's faith in the power of a devotion. You come to along the trail of study. A step in faith includes the stirring, the quickening of the conscience in study. Likewise, such a step in faith 
and we're here to grow in our capacity week by week in faith, includes a regard for, an appreciation of institutions, particularly in our time, both secular and religious, the necessity of strength, health, good leadership, and a future prospect for the institutions that make up a civil society. Volunteerism in a free society is not a luxury, it is a necessity. Volunteerism in a free society is not a luxury, it is a necessity. It guides us along the way. We have struggled in our time and will continue to struggle over the last six, seven years to find the vocabulary, the grammar, syntax, and spelling in which together across the land to build healthy futures, institutions that matter and last and count and can be counted upon. This week, happily, one of our number remembered 2008, just a day or three ago, when Marsh Chapel hired a part-time gay woman, a part-time chaplain. First time this form of ministry had been so enacted to work exclusively with the gay community at Boston University. It was a a movement in the institution. And look at all that has come across the university since that day. A beloved pastor whose sermons guide us, we listen from afar, reminded us of institutions this week in the person of Jacob down at the river Jabbok, waiting as his ladder was cast up and as his dream shaped him. Our dreams are what open the future for us including and in some ways especially in the care and feeding of institutional life. There is, that is, this step in faith that includes a growth in conscience that includes for you and me a sense of our own responsibility to the need of institutions. There is in this step of faith as well a capacity to appreciate community together. We learn with and from each other in community. Wasn't it remarkable last Sunday that many of us after lunch were still sitting at the table at 2.15 in community, enjoying one another and enjoying the capacity to be at a common table, to be carried along by the commonality of the moment. You know, our chaplains worked very hard through the uh, first part of the year, and we're coming toward maybe two-thirds of the way through to offer invitations of various forms to students, graduate and undergraduate students, one of which is something called the greening of the dorms, and that's simply two tables set up out front with plants that students can come and take and place them in their dorm room window. Well, on Wednesday, that was set to start at noon, And in the midweek service, the preacher didn't know that, but he was giving some suggestions to the students in front of him, and he said, among other things, yes, I understand you need to gain a great deal of knowledge in history and theology and substance and practice, but don't, he said, forget the tactile. Don't forget art. Don't forget music. Don't forget photography. And don't forget, he said at the end, plants. And as the benediction was given, the front doors opened, and there were two tables full of plants about which he knew nothing. It was an herbal altar call, as wonderful as it was unexpected. We have a capacity, and sometimes the Spirit moves us in happy ways to live together, to watch over one another in community, to watch over one another in love. There is also, along with our conscience touching us in study and in institutional life and in communal life, there is perhaps most especially the way the conscience grows in conversation. You know, John Wesley named conversation, conversation as a means of grace, along with prayer, along with sacrament, along with discipline. And, and along with Scripture. He had that high a view of the chance to grow in conscience in, conver- in conversation. 
And that's an encouragement to us to make sure we spend, prize our time in that regard. In COVID, we lost across the different subsections of this community about three dozen souls, women and men, many of whom we didn't have a chance fully to memorialize. Our first death in March of 2020 was C. Faith Richardson, a regular conversational participant in this community. And she, her husband Neil, had taught Hebrew Bible at Syracuse University and then here at Boston University. But she had a career of her own. Some of you will remember her. She was the executive assistant to various embodiments of bishops here in New England. And she had three decades of experience. And she had a bright wit and a tart tongue. And it was rumored that the bishop would make a decision about who was going to church X, even announce it, and then come back and have lunch with faith and return and say, well, actually, I've changed my mind. I think Faith had something to say. She, she engaged in conversation. Sometimes life will surprise us in delightful ways. You know, some years ago, I went to breakfast meetings. Breakfast meetings are always 7 o'clock, eggs and bacon. This was with the fellow who ran the firm that guided our endowments in that church. I'd never met him. I was new. We had a chance to get acquainted across a meal. He wore his dark blue suit and his red tie, and I wore my dark blue suit and my red tie. And we sat and talked to each other. And somewhere toward the second part of the breakfast, I noticed that this fellow, who I didn't know, and he didn't know me, and we didn't really have a camaraderie yet, his lapel button, his shirt button was unbuttoned. And I thought, should I say something to him? I don't want to offend him. We have to, and well, the breakfast ended and my conscience was pricked, but I didn't have the grace to say anything. But you know, life is funny. Went to the office. It's a beautiful Richardson Romanesque uh, building in that setting and went toward the office and there was a full-length mirror in the hallway there. And I stood there and saw this rascal before you in a dark suit and a red tie. And guess what? My lapel button was undone. We had sat there for a full hour, missing the chance in conversation to guide and to help one another. The conscience is a crucial stop in the, the, the development of faith along the sawdust trail of faith in life. It's a, a chance to look, a, look ourselves to look ourselves in the mirror, to be honest with ourselves. You owe it to yourself to be honest with yourself. Take to heart the gospel for this Lord's Day, Romans 14, chapter 8. Let each one be convinced in his own mind, her own mind, their own mind. For I am one acquainted with the night. I've walked out in rain and back in rain. I've outwalked the farthest city light. I've looked down the saddest city lane. I've passed by the watchman on his beat and dropped my eyes unwilling to explain. Let each of us in conscience be convinced in our own mind. Amen.
to the time in our service when we turn our hearts and minds to prayer and lift up our lives and ourselves to God. Please assume an attitude and posture of prayer by either remaining seated, standing, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing together our call to prayer, Lead Me, Lord. petitions either silently or aloud during the pause. Life-giving, liberating God, we entrust to you this day all the concerns of our hearts and all the troubles of the world. Hear our prayers. For those who are fleeing war and violence, for people seeking freedom from oppression, for the healing and restoration of the earth, for loved ones who are sick or suffering, For those at the beginning or end of life, for people struggling with financial burdens, for all who are seeking forgiveness, lead us from captivity to freedom from sin to salvation, and from death to life eternal. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen.
Ascribe to the Lord the honor to his name, bring offerings and come into his court. for your goodness, penitence for our pride, and dedication to your service. In Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
the God who said, Let light shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ our Lord. May the sun show warm and bright on you, your darkest night a star shine through, your dullest morn a radiance brew, and when dusk comes, God's hand to you, the blessing of God Almighty, Creator, Redeemer, Sustainer, be and abide with each one of us now and forever. Amen.